your Bibles to Psalm 100. We'll start there after the men sing. I can't walk upon the waters, nor calm the raging sea. But I know a man who can. I can't cause blind eyes to open, make the lame walk again. But I know a man who can. Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend. If you feel no one can help you, and your life is out of hand. Well, I know a man who can. I can't take a heart that's broken, make it over again. But I know a man who can. I can't say soul that's in sick make it white as the snow but I know a man who can some call him savior the redeemer of all men I call him Jesus for he's my dearest friend can help you and your life is out of hand well I know a man who can some call him savior the redeemer of all men I call him Jesus for he's my dearest friend can help you and your life is out of hand well I know a man who can well I know a man who can amen thank you fellas your Bible open to Psalm 100 more of a a Bible study. Uh, we are just a couple weeks away. This morning we ended uh, the series. We began six weeks ago on Sunday morning on the essentials of the Christian faith. And we have a couple more weeks left on our subject matter, and we've been talking about one hour with God. Look in your Bible, if you would, please. Psalm 100 would would you? Would we all read? And st let's stand for uh, the reading of God's word, if we can tonight. We're going to read verse number one. Well, matter of fact, let's read the whole psalm together. All right. Psalm one hundred, verse one: Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. I want you to look at verse number 2 as the text tonight. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with singing. Father, help us tonight. I love the spirit we feel already tonight. It is exciting when you can sense that God's people are excited about being in God's house. And so I pray for the next few moments, brief moments, that you'll arrest our attention. May we learn, Father, how to spend an hour before you in prayer. Lord, refresh us and remind us of what we've learned thus far. And Father, I pray that each and every day of our life that you'll put a song on our heart to carry before you in the prayer closet. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. When Kathy and I were in ministry together in New Mexico, I don't even remember to this day what was happening. But it was who I am uh, and have been that up into that place necessarily, I just almost always leave the house with a song in my heart. Sometimes it's a different song. Sometimes I'd whistle it. Sometimes I'd sing it. But I remember that one time I walked in the house and my wife told me, you got it back. And I said, what did I get back? She said, sweetheart, you haven't been singing for several weeks. And I thought, and I realized that, that somehow in a trial or in a test, I lost my joy and I lost my song. Does that happen to us? It happens. I want to uh, remind all of us what we've learned thus far. We're seeking to spend one hour with God in prayer. You might do this every day. You may do this once a week. You may set aside some time, but it's very easily done. An hour with God in prayer if we divide that hour into 12 five-minute increments. So we started to do that. Uh, about eight weeks ago, and let's look at this. If you look, first of all, on that, on that pie chart is praise, and we give you a brief definition what this looks like. We should start our prayer with praise. This is recognizing God's nature. <clears throat> so we come before Him, and we praise Him recognizing His nature. The second thing we said is waiting, and waiting is soul surrender. In this time of our praying, many times we are just quiet before the Lord. We're not voicing. We're not praying necessarily. As we're not, there's nothing on our lips or our heart going to Him. We're waiting. And we're just, this time for our soul surrender. We said third is confession. And this is cleansing. Finish the verse with me if you would. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. When we come before God, if we expect our prayers to be heard and answered, then we must cleanse and confess. And can I say this to you as well, husbands and wives? Do you understand if we don't make it right between each other? Uh, Paul said this, uh, that your prayers be not hindered. Make certain that those relationships are right. And then also, Matthew tells us this, if a man brings his gift to the altar... And remember then that his brother hath ought against him. Leave his gift at the altar. Go make it right. 
We have to be right with each other if we're going to go to God in prayer confession. We looked at this scriptural praying, and this is word-enriched prayer where we put into our prayer passages of scripture. I've done this in times when the Lord is really moving us and, and just really changing our direction. I ask God for a verse or a passage or a chapter so that I can know His will. And many times, I will pray those words or that passage back to Him. Uh, so word-enriched prayer. We looked at week number five, watching. That means de developing holy alertness. I ask you this, do you know your city well enough to know how to pray for it? That's watching. You have holy alertness. Do we know our state enough to know how to pray for our state? Do we know, and now watch this, we looked at this sometime past, and thank you as a church body, where does anybody have, Brother Ste where Brother Stevens, do we have an update on the Kumars? Does anybody know, has anybody got an update, Brother Rogers? Nobody? Uh, we should understand, we're going to make some changes in the new year that will help us to remember who our missionaries are, their field, a little bit about them, and it's constantly before us. But we should understand what's going on all around the world so that we know as we watch, we know how to pray. Anybody know what's going on in China? They are, well, I think about this, our Christian brothers and sisters, our missionaries in China are under assault. Now, if we can think about this. When we watch in prayer, we can mention their names to God in prayer. So watching is developing holy alertness. We talked about intercession. And intercession, we primarily think of intercession as praying for the lost, and it is. But we intercede one for another. Have you held up? Brother and Mrs. Wolford, in your prayer, have you interceded for them? Are you now, we as a pastor and a people, are we interceding for Nancy Ehart? I pray that you are. Are you interceding for George and Fern Zane? I pray that you are. Are you interceding for Helen Rushing? These are people that, are, and do you understand this? Sometimes these are people that were great prayer warriors and still are prayer warriors, but they can't, because of the physical ailments that they have, they can't pray and do what they once prayed and did. So it's our time to carry them before the Lord. This is intercession, uh, remembering the lost and remembering the world. We talked about petition. This is a time in our prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. We bring our request before God. What does James say? We have not because we ask not. And sometimes we ask that we may consume it upon our own lust. If you have a vehicle and you just, I don't know why F-350 always comes to mind. Maybe the Lord knows in my heart that's the vehicle of choice for me. But if you have a vehicle, I've got an F-150. It's a good truck, I thank the Lord for it. <sighs> On a day like today, I don't want to drive it. Because I can't get enough heat in a cab. And I, you're bundled up and you got a hat and you got a stocking hat and you got gloves and you got your layered and whatnot. And you know, I'm thanking the Lord. But that truck's all I need. I don't need a payment. I don't need another big fancy. I don't, it's two wheel drive. I don't need four wheel drive. But you think about this God promised to meet needs, not greeds. We can come to Him with our needs. He's encouraged us to do so. And the last time we mentioned this, Thanksgiving. 
Express your thanks to God in prayer. Thank Him for your blessings. Is God good to you? He's good to you. Now let's go into tonight's lesson. The gift of language combined with the gift of music and song were given to man by God to enhance our worship. If we took music, all the music and singing out of tonight's mess, out of tonight's service, would it change it? Would it change your part of the service? I think about this in the early days of ministry here. My wife and I, and uh, the Lord shut the door in Denver, and we were kind of stuck in Pueblo. The Lord knew what he was doing. We were stuck in Pueblo, but one after the other, somehow I didn't, I was a nobody, didn't know any preachers here really, and, 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 and a preacher had called and said, Brother, can you come uh, preach for us or teach to us? And, and, have the, and many of these smaller churches we went into had no pianist. Had no piano, had no organ, had no special music until we showed up. And we'd tell the preacher, you know, uh, my wife plays and she'd be glad to play. Oh, would you? That'd be just so, such a blessing. We haven't had somebody play a piano in a long time. And you'd see this little church that hadn't heard a piano or had a pianist for a long time. And it really did something for the services. The gift of language and the gift of music were given to man by God to enhance worship. So here we discover one of the most overlooked aspects of prayer. Most Christians sing in church, but never in prayer. I hope you do sing in church. You say, oh, pastor, I can't carry a tune in the bucket. Go ahead. Just sing in church. Mary Slosher, the, the uh, single female missionary to China of past, said this. I sing the doxology and the devil flees. I sing and he flees. Amy Carmichael, the missionary to India, said this, I believe that Satan cannot endure my singing, and when I begin to sing, he slips out of the room. More or less, where there's a true song of praise from the heart of a worship of our Savior, the devil must flee. I think we have a weapon of our spiritual warfare in singing, and take that singing into your prayer closet. Look at this, if you would, please. Ephesians 5.19, men who have that. Uh, biblical examples of praise through song. Brother Jeff? Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Colossians 3. Fellas, Colossians 3, verse 16. Isn't this Paul telling the church at Ephesus and Colossae? Sing. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to have a song in your heart. We're not in church. It might be a Monday or a Tuesday, and you're down on your knees before God, and the Holy Spirit brings a song to mind. It's okay in the prayer closet. Matter of fact, it's beneficial to sing as you pray and as a part of your praying. Many times on a Sunday night, on Saturday night, 
I love to come alone to this place and try to find a, a, a time, just the Lord and I, as I prepare my heart and prepare for these services. I very seldom, if ever, in that time of praying to God and setting in order the, the Sunday services on a Saturday night without walking through this auditorium just singing back to the Lord. I'll stop in your chair. Don't move. Because if you move, I won't pray for you. I'll forget where you sit. I'll start on this side, and I'll think about who sits there. And most of you on this side, you do well. You remain where you sit. And I'll think about you and think about your family and pray for you. Then we'll come to the center section. It's a little bit tougher. And I'll walk row to row. And I'll think about it, and I'll come over on this side, and I'll pray for you. And then my heart is so full, at the end of that, ends my prayer by singing back to God. Try it. It is a wonderful way to pray, and it'll enhance your prayer life. So let's look at this. Acts 16, men who have that, Acts 16. Brother Andrew, verse 25. Now, Brother Andrew, before he reads this, he's going to mention both texts in Ephesians and Colossians that Brother Jeff and Brother Donald read, gave us different types of songs. We want a key right now on spiritual songs. What are they, Brother Andrew? Uh, 16, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners listened. All right, now wait a minute. They had songbooks in that cold, damp cell, right? Saul just picked up a songbook, and he said, all right, uh, Silas, why don't you turn to page 35, and we're going to sing in my phone. No songbooks in the, in the prison cell? No. So where did this song come from? Well, it came from the Lord. He was filled with the Spirit. Now, let me give you a definition of spiritual song. Now, watch this. This means a song that is inspired by the Spirit of Christ. Let me warn you, and I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to be down on you, but I'm going to say this to you honestly. Most of the music that's in our churches today, those artists that will sing will say we're inspired by the Holy Spirit. They don't go to church themselves. They don't have a membership in a church. They never led a soul to Christ. They don't walk with Him. They're not separated from the world, but you're buying their music because they've encouraged us that we're Spirit-led. Not so. I'm not saying that you have to be, you have to be a, a, a member of a church to be spirit-led, but I am saying this. If the Lord makes much of the body, His body, and you do not, a spiritual song is, is a song, uh, a spiritual song, a song that is inspired by the Spirit. There were no hymn books here in that damp cell. Paul, I believe, and Silas sang a spiritual song to the Lord. It, my, my, when my family and I, some of you, goodness gracious, Lucy, you're probably the only one here that would remember. How many of you here, Brother Bill, were you guys here when, when the Smiths were here? The Smiths, who else? Kathy, you were? Brother Smith was a mail carrier here in town. If you were on the south side, you probably had Curtis Smith as your mail carrier. But he was a member. He had our junior church, and we had just a couple kids. And what was that song, Karen or Becky? What was that song? He made up a song, and he'd make those kids. And, and I love Brother Smith to death. He could not carry a tune in a bucket. And the kids would come home, Mom and Dad, this is horrible. Brother Smith's got us singing this song, and they'd sing it like he sung it. And we as a family would sing it like he sung But you know what? He showed those kids it's important to sing back to the Lord. 
It was a, it was a Curtis Smith spiritual song. I promise you this, it's not in a hymn book, should not be in a hymn book. But it was a spiritual song inspired by the Spirit in his heart. He sang back to the Lord, and the Lord received it. Spiritual song. Now, I want to show you this, and let's all turn together. I want you to turn to the Old Testament, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. 2 Chronicles chapter... Kings and then Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter number 20. Let me tell you what is happening in chapter 20. Amnon and Moab are going to fight against Israel, and they've got powerful enough armies, they're going to squash them like a bug. And Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, does what we ought to do when we are faced with something we can't get through, about, around, or over. He humbles himself to God and he prays. I want you to look at verse number in your Bible, verse 15, uh, verse 15 of chapter 20. Now remember, Moab and Amnon are coming against them. And verse number 15, it says, And he said, speaking of, of Jehoshaphat, Hearken all ye, all ye Jew, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Have you learned this in your Christian life, that there's some battles that we're going to face too big for you? You're not going to win, you're not going to gain victory. That's where Jehoshaphat, that's where Judah was. And the prophet of God is sent to remind them, now watch. Verse 16, tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. And ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. How is God going to overwhelm his enemies? How is this battle going to be fought? Look at this. And Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down, fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. I would pray to God for a president that would once again call America back to God to fast and pray. Praise God for a president that has enough tenacity to say, listen, it's time to pray. I was watching my favorite Christmas I didn't even know it was on. I was downstairs last night, and I was looking over some notes and whatnot, and I turned the television on. My favorite, I try to watch it every Christmas. I just absolutely love This Was Your, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. I love that. I don't know why I love that. I've seen it 1,000 times. My kids and my wife kind of mock, uh, mock and mimic me when they come. Oh, brother, there you go again. I noticed something on that. I forget when that Jimmy Stewart and that took place. It was black and white. And they referred back to 1919 in that about one of Jimmy Stewart's brother was born in 1919 or something. But I watched in that movie as they're going into church on Christmas Eve. And on the marquee, I've never seen this before, President Truman calls the nation to prayer. Oh, that we had a president. Oh, that we had a leader like Jehoshaphat. And he was not a good leader in a lot of ways. But here he humbled himself before God. Now, I want to show you what happened. If you look at this, in verse number, 
uh, 19, and the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord of God, uh, Lord God of Israel, with what? With a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall ye prosper. Look at verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed what? Seriously? We're going to battle. They're armed against us. And he appointed them singers. Now watch this. And, and, and he appointed them singers unto the Lord at that they should praise the beauty of his holiness. They went out before the army to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. What are the few, first few words of verse 22? And when they say it together, they begun to sing and to praise. The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon. There was a great victory that day, but it started when God's people humbled themselves, and it started when they broke out in prayer. Maybe uh, Miss Mary Slosher is right. Maybe Amy Carmichael is right. When we sing before God in prayer, the devil has to flee. I'm not talking to you about something magical. I'm just telling you about an element that we ought to add to our prayer closet that will enhance our prayer and enhance our devotion to God. This great victory began and ended with musical worship. When the battle ended, Jehoshaphat and the people of, uh, people of Judah named that valley Baraka, which means a blessing. When the ministry of song is properly used as the devotional habit, it leads to blessings. I ask you this. How many of you, and I understand this, my own personal prayer, when I got to see Brother Phil hours, just a couple hours after we heard that Mary had passed away, I walked into that house and expected kind of a gloomy, Mary was gone by that time, they had come and gotten her. But I didn't know what, what mind frame Brother Phil would be. And I went over and I gave him a hug. And he said something like this, Preacher, it's okay. She's not suffering. It's okay. We want those blessings and we want God to sense God's nearness. I know of no better way than to break out in singing. How do we make singing of the Lord practical in our devotions? Okay, I want us to turn to Psalms all together. We're going to look at this. We're going to break this down just a little bit. How can we use music? Songs of praise. Psalm 135. I want us to read all of these together. We're going to turn to one verse each, during each of these. Psalm 135. Would you read verse 3 together, please? Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto his name, for it is pleasant. This is the method that Paul and Silas used in prison. Now, what happened when Paul and Silas began to pray in prison? Somebody tell me. What happened? The prison bars were opened and they were free to go, weren't they? Something happens when we praise God through song in our prayers. This is a song of praise during this phase of prayer. You may want to wish to sing your praise to God instead of speaking them. All right? Number two, look at Psalm 59. Psalm 59. 
songs of praise should be carried to our prayer chamber, Psalm 59. I want to talk about songs of power and songs of mercy, Psalm 59. And look at verse number 16. Let's read this together. I will sing of thy power. Stop for a second. As heavy as it was in that room and to think about what Brother Phil may be going through. The Lord warmed my heart with this idea. I answered his prayer. We prayed a specific prayer and he asked me several times when I was alone just with Brother Phil. He said, Preacher, would you pray specifically that God would keep me strong enough to take care of Mary? God answered that prayer. It takes a powerful God to do that. Amen. Now watch this. So we sing, look at verse number, if you would again, verse number 16. But I will sing of thy power, say together, I will sing aloud of thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. I'm going to say this to you, each and every one of us, in times past, you'll look at that, that God has been your defense. You'll look back and see how God has protected and how God has guarded and how God has guided you. And he's been your power, songs of praise, but songs of mercy and power. We notice here that not only does the psalmist sing, but he sings aloud. It's okay. All right, to sing to God and sing of God's power is to put into song all the great things that God has done for us. So we look at these. There's a couple different ways we can do this. Spiritual songs, which is what? What's a spiritual song? It's a song that is prompted by the Spirit of God. It may not be in the songbook. It's just a song in your heart to the Lord. All right, now songs of praise. And then we look at songs of power and mercy. Look at Psalm 147. Go to Psalm 147 if you would. Let's read this one together. Give you a little bit of time to get there. Psalm 147. Would you read verse number 7 together? Psalm 147, 7. Are you ready? Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise unto the harp unto our God. So here's another way through songs, songs of thanksgiving. We had a great time. It was a, it was a greater group because the weather was not good at all. But I love that little close-knit group on the Tuesday of the week of Thanksgiving when we meet downstairs and we just have a little bit of light refreshment. Um, Brother Wyatt always used to get on my case because that, that service I always wanted to end with the doxology. And Brother Stephen got worn out with the doxology at Pensacola. And the doxology was only sung at Hiles Anderson when it was goodbye, farewell. We'd sing the doxology. How many of you are familiar with the doxology? You sing the, I just love the doxology. And, and I, every time my wife would go, oh, no, Dad, we're not going to sing the doxology, are we? You know, the doxology is a song of praise back to God. But we sing, count your blessings, name them one by one. And we stop in that little group and a hand up say, let me tell you, look back on this week, on this year. Has God been good to you? And one hand would go up and we'd take a, we'd take a, a praise and another hand would go up. And we go right back in. Count your blessings is a song of thanksgiving. I meant to end it Tuesday night and I forgot about it. 
Matter of fact, how many of you can sing this song? Let me see if we can sing it together. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. How many of you know the song? Let me see if I can lead you. If you know the song, sing it out. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and how did you do that? Who did that? Nobody. I didn't know till 10 seconds ago that was on my heart. How did you do that? Amen. There's a song of thanksgiving. Break out in your prayer closet to God with a song. You might take that one. How many of you heard that for the first song, first time? You sung it tonight. You heard it for the first time. Isn't it a great song, Brother Miss Duncan? Isn't it a great little chorus? All right, songs of thanksgiving, if praise is to recognize God's nature for who he is, thanksgiving is to recognize what God has done. So through praise, we recognize who he is. Through thanksgiving, we understand and sing back to him and thank him for what he's done. Has God been good to you? Yes. All right, now let's look at this, Psalm 69. So spiritual songs, songs of praise, songs of power and mercy. Songs of thanksgiving, all right, Psalm 69, Psalm 69, would you read together verse number 30, Psalm 69, verse 30 together, please, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving, songs of God's name, look at second, a matter of fact, uh, second, second, Corinthians chapter 5. Go with me there, and we'll come back to Psalms as we end tonight. 2 Corinthians, I think this is the one I'm looking for. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 19 says, To wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So songs about God's nature, this makes it possible to praise the name of our Lord in song. How many, how many names do you know for Jesus Christ? Name one. Chris, you have one on, your, on the tip of your tongue. Were you going to say something? Jehovah. Healer. Redeemer. Emmanuel. All right. God Almighty. They go, Lily of the Valley, we sing about him. Lily of the Valley, who are we talking about? Gee, the bright and morning star. Rosa Sharon. Uh, Rosa Sharon. You can go on and on. Sing the praises of God's name back to him. All that Jesus is or did can become a basis of our singing, of our prayer time back to God. Now back to Psalm, the book of Psalms. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse number 54. Let's say this one together. So we have spiritual songs, songs of praise, songs of power and mercy, songs of thanksgiving, songs where we recognize God's name. And look at now Psalm 119 and verse 54. Would you say it together, please? Thy statues have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. This is singing God's word back to him. All right. How many of you have a favorite Scripture song. You have a favorite scripture. We don't, we don't sing enough of them. 
Do you think of, do any of you have a, you, you have a scripture song? You do, Sydney, don't you? You think, huh? Look it up, Miss Patrick. Which, I know whom I have believed, the scripture song, which is, ah, oh, caught you, caught you. All right, you have his favorite. Uh, we sing the song, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light into my path. We sing that song. When you're singing the word of God back to him, you're singing. We think about this. We're singing passages from the word of God back to him. We should do more and more of this. I mean, the word of God set to music. Did you find that, Sydney? You did? Yeah. But think about this. Some come to mind, some little scripture songs back to us. All right. Now look, if you would please, Psalm 144. Psalm 144. All right, as we close for tonight, let's remind ourselves, sing spiritual songs. That's a song God warmed your heart with back to Him. Sing songs of praise. Sing songs of power and deliverance or mercy. Sing songs of thanksgiving. Sing songs of God's name and nature. Sing songs of of passages from the Word of God. And lastly, Psalm 144. And would you read together verse number 9? Are you together, please? I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. Brother Miss Cain, was this you? Where were we? Brother Stephen, were you with us? We were in St. Mary Corwin a couple of months ago, and a lady came in to play the harp. That was Miss Cain? Was, that was Brother Wally wasn't playing the harp. No. All right, but that we were there for him. All right, and that did that not bless you? Oh, that lady came in to play the harp, and I just about broke out and singing in the halls of, of St. Mary Corn. I'm just thinking, man, that, that music and that harp just touched me. Can I say, you can praise God in song anywhere. In the shower? You say, preach, that's the only place I sing. All right, then sing in the shower. How many of you, honestly, how many of you sing in the car? You sing in the car? Coming and going? I, I think about this the other day, and I don't know why it did it to me last, the, the staff retreat when we were trying to put the calendar and everything together someplace. We were just supposed to be quiet. I think the, the male staff were talking about their issues, and the ladies were talking, and then the ladies got back with the men and straightened us out on our issues. But anyway, somewhere, I mean, you understand that. This has happened to me I don't know how many times. I don't know how it does it, honestly. I don't know how it does it. I'll sing in the car, and my phone serial say, I didn't understand that. <laughs> I don't know how to, how do you turn Siri on? I don't know how to turn Siri on. It did it in the in this in this pastor's retreat when you were up there with the staff. Siri all of a sudden said, I didn't understand that, or I didn't get that, or something like that. And think about this, you can sing wherever from your heart to the Lord. The word new there, that word new song means fresh. It might be a song just from your heart to the Lord. It's quite possibly would mean a song that I've never sung be- to the Lord before. All right, let's wrap it up. So, uh, somebody had Isaiah 51. Men, who has that? Brother Wally, if you, I, Isaiah 51, 11. Listen to this, if you would, as Brother Wally reads. Okay. Before, wait a minute, before he reads. Do you think we'll have singing in heaven? The Bible says, before there was a man, before there was a woman on earth, the morning stars sang together. 
Scientists tell us that do not believe in God. They don't know how to pull it out yet. But the trees and the rocks and all of the inanimate objects on earth have music in them. They know that. I believe in the millennium that God's going to release and we're going to hear creation singing together of the grace of God. We're going to sing in heaven. And let me say this to you. A lot of the music that we have here will not be welcomed in heaven. I'm saying, uh, you're going to get your fill of it here, but it's not going to be welcome. All right, Brother, Brother Wally, if you read together. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their head. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. All right, now you think about this in the New Jerusalem. In heaven above, there's going to be singing and singing for all of eternity. Singing unto the Lord is especially important because it trains us in many ways of worship. I made a statement on my notes, and I, when as soon as I put this in and these notes were coming together, I just thought for a second and thought about this. Ultimately, worship will be our eternal purpose in heaven. Is it not? You think we're going to stop worshiping the Lord? Our eternal purpose in heaven is to worship. But watch this. Our worship will be our eternal purpose, and singing will be a vital part of that worship. If you believe that to be true, let's just get tuned up. Let's just get tuned up. And so can I say this to you? Say, Preacher, I, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I'm not much of a singer. Do you know what? I believe this honestly, when we sing that new song, that song of praise, <laughs> that song of power and mercy, that song of his name, that song of his word, whatever that song is, when we go into the prayer closet and some of the things are in our heart instead of voicing them to the Lord, if we sing back to him, I believe this, that in heaven, the Lord will smell a sweet smelling savor. Just like in the temple, just like in the tabernacle, as the incense from the altar of incense was going up, our praise, our songs, our singing before the Lord is something he desires. Can I tell you this, child of God? Put singing into your prayer closet and watch what God does. I believe that Mary Slosher is right. Now, if you can sing the doxology, I sing the doxology and Satan flees. We sing and prison bars are open. New Testament. Judah sings in the Old Testament. And the armies and the enemies of God are defeated. Long before a sword's drawn. Long before there's been any battle. When God's people humbled themselves and sung. The Lord brought a great victory. Stand to your feet.